Hello, and welcome to Grow With Soul. I'm Kate Ferris, a coach, writer, hiker, and recovering high achiever, and this is a work in life podcast. Join me for discussions and musings about how our work can be a small and magical part of a bigger, more meaningful life. So come on in, get comfy, and let's begin. Hello. Today you are meeting my final guest co-host, Sarita. In this conversation, we moved from relating in person and online and the kind of ramifications that the last year is going to have on how we will do that, and then into how we have both dealt with a kind of winter in our work and the awareness that you are the same human at work as the one dealing with a lot in life. We also discuss being in our bodies and living as a part of nature rather than outside of it. In fact, there were lots of kind of internals and externals in this conversation and lots of lovely truths as well. So let's dig in. Hello. Hello. <laughs> oh, we've, we've just off air tried to say how we are and we don't know really. So <laughs> I think pre-covid it would have just still been a yeah yeah good fine yeah you yeah yeah good but i think now i'm not i'm not down with that i really want to know how you are and how people or how people are doing and i won't and i and in return i i kind of want to share how i'm doing too so Mm. i don't know if you feel the same i had after the lockdown in march where i was like completely on my own and i'd moved out of my house into like temporary accommodation and i moved back to my house after the lockdown and i just found myself like i bumped into a neighbor and just like told him my life story (laughs) found myself in a real kind of almost overshare place of just like and this is all what's happening to me of just and I don't know whether it was the effect of well not that I couldn't talk to anyone because I was talking to friends and family and stuff but it was just like this I've got got to let this out of me (laughs) sort of impulse no I can relate to that and I think it's fine there's something about talking to someone in real life it's fine sharing like over over phone calls and like messages but there's something thing about that visceral like tangible connection with someone and you you get a feel for like whether they're open to receiving and you get to understand whether there is a safe space and then you feel you feel truly connected with this person and that you can share and there's something really quite powerful in that so Mm. I can it's and that's what we've been really missing hasn't it through this Mm. pandemic so I can understand where like that really like urgent sensation of like okay this person's open to sharing and genuinely wants to know so here we go it's all coming (laughs) out I mean, yeah, it's slightly different to video as well. There's just like this, like you say, this intangible kind of palpability between you that you, even though like on video, you can see their face and their reactions in real time, like in real life, there's just this like frisson. Yeah, exactly. Our senses, our whole body, there aren't just seven senses, are there? Like our whole body is like this receptacle that's open to receiving like energy and sight and sounds and smells and the chemicals of somebody else and like we just have this overwhelming like 
receptacle of, of our body that can allow us to to feel like what somebody else is feeling or their energy or their emotion and in turn like radiate outwards to them as well so yeah there's something that's i think that's what we've all really been lacking over the last year and a half mm. is that video is great but you just don't have that sensory experience that touch element the the smell mm. element you don't have that real human experience i guess Ooh, yeah yeah when you boil it down to it that's it you're not being fully human no which has a, an effect that we probably didn't even realize it would have yeah it's a grief i guess and i think i think where we potentially are more conscious of it because of the isolation that we felt through our personal circumstances where we have had that distance or haven't necessarily been able to engage with people as we would have done before so I think I'm more acutely aware of that of that lack of of Mm. missing that aspect and contact really Mm. and actually that's funnily enough something that I really felt as a single person and a newly single person in the lockdown is like that kind of lack of intimacy but just like having someone's hand on your shoulder not having not having someone's hand on your shoulder for three months like not touching another physical human being for three months is like insane I like was out on a walk and just like hugging a tree (laughs) just being like this isn't the same (laughs) and you do you like you and I really sort of it makes me really feel for kind of like older people and people in care homes who don't get like a soft touch ever and it's like insane how much you need it and I can start to feel myself if I've gone like three weeks without touching another human I like start to really feel like yeah like I I, I just need someone to touch me (laughs) (laughs) well yeah it comes all it all comes down to that like that humanity like we need each other and touch is so it's it's healing like Mm. it's that sensory experience like I was saying just now is like that's what makes us and I think that's what's really challenging about how we're coming more and more further uh, like detached from connecting to not only ourselves but to other people it's like social media is great and all of these platforms and apps are like uh, like all this emotional intelligence is great but actually like artificial intelligence I should say but it's the (laughs) emotional human intelligence that needs the needs the investment I think Mm. do you feel like it's going back the other way now I think it will well I hope it does I feel like love is and connection and touch is the currency that's going to fuel us as and these big world changes that are happening that's going to be the currency that gets us through like radical love and empathy so I think it is going to go that way. But right now it still feels like there is a bit of a, a jar. There's a little bit of a, a glitch in in that fluidity. In what sort of way? The fact that, you know, there is still that disconnect. There is still massive isolation still dealing like COVID hasn't gone away, has it? I mean, mm-hmm. the fact that we can't travel to see families that are abroad. Obviously, we're a vulnerable family. So we are taking calculated risks and just going to places that we feel safe and comfortable in. But we're not rushing off and and traveling across country to go and see people because we're just trying to take it steady. And I think that's 
still going to have a massive impact on how we interact with each other and within society for sure. But then also if you add the layer of the tech, the social media, the fact that everything's becoming more platform based, like even banking, like you don't even go to a bank now to speak Mm. to somebody. They're all shutting down, like all of these spaces there where we, we would have those daily interactions that aren't necessarily an experience like a, a restaurant or a cinema, just like your day to day life. It's all ever increasingly becoming detached. Mm. I mean, even at the supermarket, you've got self-service checkouts. You don't have to engage with anybody when actually for a lot of people, like that's that's like a, a joy. That's something that they look forward to. And there's a, a whole generation who are devo- who won't make a phone call, for example, who mm-hmm. will who, has, who have become so used to that detachment that they find alien actually engaging. So that's where I feel like the glitch is. Yeah, but yeah. I do feel like it is going to come back round full circle because we need it to. Like mm-hmm. radical change isn't going to happen without it yeah. and without us all getting together. So. Yeah, sorry, that went quite deep there. Sorry. No, no, but I think it's good, and because it, it is one of the, like I've like Gen Z or Gen Z. It doesn't sound Gen Z doesn't sound right, but I can't bring myself to say Z. But I I know that this kind of thing's like their screen time is like ten, twelve hours a day on average, and like especially because you know if you think two years as you're developing as a human is a really long time and so all their their kind of social dynamics are happening through platforms rather than anywhere else and so it's kind of like is that the generation that's going to turn it back or is it going to be the generation behind them that's going to react against it because that always happens generationally is that like you don't want to do the things your grandparents did so you don't so that change will come but I do think probably for us more kind of like OG social media users I'm definitely feeling like this doesn't feel great to me (laughs) so I think there's like little itty bits of change for us and then probably whole scale change will come like the generation after yeah I agree and don't get me wrong, it's not, not like I'm a complete technophobe and I'm going to go and start living in the woods. I do feel like it's really important to, for it to be part of, it is part of our evolution as society, but I think it's also understanding like where it's becoming a detriment to our structures. So yeah, I think the you're right, perhaps not the one behind us, but maybe the one behind that, the generation behind that will be the ones to really make the change. Because mm. it, you know, it's, it's it doesn't happen overnight, does it? So, no. but then if you think about it, internet usage has been like massive just in the last 10 years. So, you know, there is potential for everything to be accelerated and COVID is, has accelerated so much. So mm. who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But change is coming. I feel it. Yeah. And that, that's kind of why I asked the question is because it it does feel that, that there's just this, if not a rejection of the status quo and what's gone before, but a, a questioning, a conscious questioning of it more than there's ever been. And in places where that questioning never really happened before, that kind of you and I probably exist in the more self-development kind of places of the internet and not the sort of more kind of just Kardashian places of the internet and all those sort of things, but kind of everywhere it seems to be seeping in of just this, eh, do I want this? And I think that's that's the, that's the beginning of change. Yeah, definitely. Just having having more of an awareness i think that's one probably a good thing that's come out of us all having times of stillness and 
forced stillness and isolation is we're actually been left with our thoughts. <laughs> there hasn't been anything to distract us. We haven't been able to fill it with whatever, fill whatever void that we all have because we all have something and we all have a vice of sorts, whether it be food or drink or sport or whatever it may be, there's, there's something. So to have that gap and to be able to actually just sit with it, which hasn't been comfortable for many people, it's been, I think actually it's, that's, you're right, that has benefited just everyone. It does feel like, I don't want to use the term wellness because that really <laughs> bothers me, but a consciousness or a, a, not even an, an, an awakening because that again just sounds really wretched I don't like that term <laughs> but um there just does seem to be a bit of a I guess questioning as you as you rightly said like that people are having more of an awareness of what's happening and like stopping and taking stock rather than just going through the motions and going well that's, that's just the way it is mm-hmm. it feels like people are actually going well why is it like that and does it have to be like that and I don't think that's right and I think that's from across the board, whether it be through hate crime or race or gender or whatever it be, whether it be through climate, all of these issues that are, are being coming to the forefront and being questioned and challenged. I mean, it's about time, really. Well, it just feels like it's it's a it's the good thing that to have come out of COVID that people are starting to to really think about everything and mm-hmm. and challenge how it was because I, I think for a lot of people I don't know about you but well it's hard for us because obviously our life had kind of we were kind of in lockdown before lockdown because obviously our worlds had changed before but there's a lot of elements of like pre-COVID life that I know a lot of friends and family aren't really ready to rush back to I mean how about how have you found it are you in that same kind of space? Well, I found that my life didn't change really a lot because I worked from home anyway. I spent the majority of my time on my own anyway. The only difference was that like I couldn't go out for a coffee. I'm like that's that that's, like... that's 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 pretty good that like that I didn't change too much for sure. And yeah, and well, and really, and so like. I think my mum said to me, like, what's the thing that you really, like, you really wish you could do? And it's like, there's nothing that I can't do that I want to. I just don't want to have to. The thing that I miss is not thinking about it, which is the thing that you're never really going to get back, I don't think, is, like, not going out and being like, oh, have I got my mask? Oh, am I sanitising my hands enough? All that sort of thing. So I didn't feel like my life circumstances changed dramatically, but I think my head changed dramatically and particularly because it all come in at a time where like I was turning 30, I ended a really long term relationship, I was selling my house, deciding what, like it was all these other things that I mean, and also COVID was a catalyst for those other things. So I could, in a lot of ways, it changed my life completely, even though the day to day didn't change really at all, which is interesting in and of itself. I mean, that is, that's humongous change. (laughs) I keep forgetting. I'm like, oh yeah, there's a lot going on. (laughs) That is, that is a lot, my love. That's a seismic shift. But what is really, what I'm really curious by is that it hasn't come on your radar as like, that was part of the change that you, or impacted you. (laughs) Maybe that's, I'm not an analyst, but that's very much compartmentalized mentalized of like okay that's that's over there <laughs> yeah it's like i keep being like why am i so tired and it's like oh maybe because like all this stuff <laughs> yeah. and yeah i guess i think because it feels like it's been so long 
that I, I don't know it's one of like time also perception of time since covid is just like because i kind of it feels like covid has been like two weeks in some ways and forever in other ways and so it, there were kind of factors that reached before covid and then after so it's not like covid hit and i was like oh oh now everything's wrong it was like everything was wrong and then covid hit and i was like oh i see so it was kind of like so it is a little bit more mixed up in my mind of it wasn't quite like as cause and effect or as linear as like that there was a jumping off point there but i think maybe it's an internal and external thing like covid is an external thing and all the other stuff has been very internal and in my head and maybe that's the distinction I'm making and not kind of not really being fully aware of the fact that external things do actually affect the internal things. (laughs) Yes they do (laughs) and it's all huge losses and griefs and shifts as well it's all like an an evolution and and cyclical process so yeah no wonder you're exhausted. (laughs) Yeah, that's something I have to keep reminding myself, like, oh no, it's a lot. Maybe it's okay if you don't quite feel top of your game. Yeah, and I don't think that enough of us talk about that really. That we just just like we were saying before about how are you? How I know how how are you really? Like when things are are in that space, I think because we get so used to saying, Yeah, I'm okay, I'm great, I'm fine, just you know, getting on with it, going through the motions, we forget we, we stay in our heads instead of like going deeper and, and sharing mm. from our hearts instead of going like from like an inner space. Like it's all a very um heady mm. cerebral space rather than a intuitive space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would I'm going to circle back to that but I'm also conscious we've spent 20 minutes talking about how are you and haven't even like got into like like actually introducing you and like oh yeah hi (laughs) hi everyone (laughs) so as you haven't been on the podcast before let's do a little bit about kind of like what you do and what you because you've kind of alluded to your your situations and your home life and all that sort of thing so yeah just give us a kind of the story so far and and what's going on with you in in work and and yeah so I've also had that realization that we've never actually spoken or met in real life we've just had that like insta relationship so it's Mm -hmm. actually really lovely to see your face today and chat (laughs) to you um but I'm Sarita. I'm also known as Moments of Sense and Style, or Moss for short, on Instagram. And some of you may have come across us. I started the platform back in, oh gosh, it must be about nearly five five years ago now, as a creative outlet to deal with huge catastrophic change because in 2014 my husband Rob suffered an insane brain hemorrhage and stroke and life hasn't really been the same ever since. So Moss became initially a cathartic project, I call it my PTSD project. (laughs) It was a way of at first me processing what had happened and doing what I did best which was creating and putting my energies into making. So At first, it started as a Tumblr, sharing our story and what had happened and creating an aesthetic, if anyone remembers Tumblr or still uses it. It was almost like a a a real-time mood board. So there were images of Rob and I, of songs and our stories and sharing snippets. And it was getting really lovely responses. And I realised I was inadvertently creating an aesthetic for a brand, which is my background in product development and fashion. And then it 
it's evolved into well why don't I share us our story through scent because I was struggling at the time to find work at the same time and I thought well if I can't find a door to open then why don't I create my own door and that's where the, it all started to evolve I mean he's I used the term we, but it was me, the royal we. <laughs> I created a range of scented candles that to- told our story. So number one was Hong Kong, where Rob and I met. Number two is Sydney, where life changed and where Rob had that insane brain hemorrhage and stroke. And number three was Lincolnshire, where we found ourselves to heal. And it's ultimately a storytelling platform, us sharing like our hearts, our hopes, our fears, sharing our journey of what had happened and Rob's but well, both of my mental health healing and also Rob's physical and mental health healing. So it's an all encompassing um, platform, which has had some very loyal and beautiful followers. So that's where I came from. And now I've evolved and into my own platform called Leaven, which is a space to transform for the better. And it's a space for hope. And essentially what I was probably looking for when I was going through those really acute stages of trauma and in the really darkest days of, of healing and a little bit of guidance and like story, essentially a storytelling platform. There's a podcast and also building a little bit of an online community. So that's how I've evolved. So that's me. It's very hard to give it in a five-minute nutshell bullet. Yeah, no. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> hopefully that's done it justice. Yeah. So why did you decide to shut the shop side of things? So our um, income mainly came from doing markets, in-person events or where I would do talks and then we'd sell our wares afterwards. And even if we didn't sell much at the markets, people would take flyers and having interacted with all the products and the smells, they would then purchase a few days down the line or a week later. So COVID was a huge part of impacting the way that we work. I even managed to keep the shop going whilst I had a baby. So I strapped Grace into my chest, went down to the unit, was packing up orders when he was teeny tiny. He hated it, understandably. <laughs> All the, it was cold and like me making noises with the tape. But I still went and I managed to keep everything going. Didn't really have much of a maternity break, but slowed things down a little, but managed to keep things going. But it really was March I had a calendar of new markets and public speaking events all planned in. And then obviously everything got pulled like overnight. Managed to keep the shop going. I'm being very frank here. Managed to keep it going. But it was very, um, it was like feast or famine. There would be a really good few weeks and then there would be like absolute tumbleweed. And it got to the point where it was costing me more to keep it going than it was to not so took a really really hard look at what we were doing and just thought you know what it's not shut forever let's just pause it until we regroup and I have to find a smarter way of working I have to find something else that works around our personal life so I still care for Rob I still support him from day to day for any of those of you that that don't have an awareness of what we do I'm also a a full-time carer which is again why I wanted to work for myself and why I'm still trying to forge a way of working but now also I've got um, mum life to contend with so um, that's where I figured out that the speaking side of things and actually people were coming more to the platform over the pandemic for my voice and for my wisdom than they were the words so I played on my strengths and have kind of this word frustrates me, but the only word I can think of right now, I had to pivot um, <laughs> and figure out where I could go and what I could do. Because the one complexity with our world is that 
tell any employer, potential employer, about our home circumstances and they run a mile. And it shouldn't be that way. And I think COVID has potentially shifted that employer mentality. The fact that people working from home having to juggle so much, it's something that cannot be ignored. And there's more humanity coming back into the workplace. But it's still something that is a bit of a barrier for for me. And also, I've got to a point now where I, I'm not sure if I do want to go back into the workplace. Ooh, because that was going to be my question. Yeah, because I've got used to having the flexibility of being able to support Rob taking him to hospital appointments got used to being able to be there for my little one so that's where Levin evolved and came from and why we paused the shop so it's it's a constant evolution and it's a constant process of trying to make self-employment work Mm -hmm. I was just gonna say and how I'm not trying I'm trying I'm not trying to say and is it working but like how is like how do you experience that on a kind of day-to-day basis and or on a big picture basis of like how do you be like this is working or this is not working when I'm when my energy is good and there's not other factors that are impacting our life then the new direction has worked like I've had some really wonderful corporate speaking workshops but then we got evicted from our home and that became an all-encompassing worry I couldn't think of anything else and it's been quite draining on my resources so that's one thing that I'm really aware of is that I I hold a lot, I juggle a lot, and I'm only as good, my business is only as good as I am. Mm. So it, it has it has worked and it is there. It's just that there's been such a lot to, for me to to manage and to deal with just purely on a on a basic day-to-day functioning level that it's not where I need it to be right now. And that's a very honest answer. Mm. Um that feels quite vulnerable to say, but mm. yeah, I'm just looking to to build that back up now and and get back into doing my change consultancy sessions on one-to-one and getting back into that fluid space of having a true work day and getting a bit more structure back yeah but I, I do I just so resonate with that in, in so many ways because I've I've sort of always said like the the human you are is at work is the same human you are like dealing with all the crap at home like you can't turn it on and off in another way like they have ramifications on each other and also from my point of view like this year has been like I've made significantly less money than this year than I have other years because I've just not been able to I've I've not had enough to not that I don't care but I, it's just like I've had to let some things had to be let go of yeah because I because I just didn't have enough hands you know to deal with all the stuff and there is a, a a guilt that came with that for a time and also a like I would be like, I need to write a blog post this week and then it had been like three weeks and I was like oh no I need to write three and then it was just like this kind of like okay I'm letting that go I have to just yeah. trust trust what I've built so far that it will just sustain itself and and give it the energy I've got to give it but like I can't I just can't I think and that comes from having a good awareness of self because I think too often when we're in that space it feels like we have to do the 
the more and more and push and push and that kind of patriarchal like busyness and productivity is just that's the only answer when actually in those moments it's surrendering to whatever is shaping you and shaping your world and just let and just being still and just letting it all settle but so you can kind of just see the wood for the trees almost and be like right what's the most pressing thing what what's what do i immediately need to deal with and just taking it like day by day even stripping it back to minute by minute that's in august rob had an operation and 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 it was all a little bit unexpected and like what happened and like the recovery and it set him back and we had to go back to day by day and you know it's like those life things that you were dealing with as well like you they're not things that you can just park <laughs> it's it's an emotional and mental drain on your physical resources and i think you're absolutely right the human that we are isn't that you can't compartmentalize like oh this is work and and i potentially did before in the past like this is professional sarita who puts on her red lipstick and she goes out and she performs and then behind closed doors this is what's happening but it's it's so disjointed and it's so it's even more exhausting trying to do that i think surrendering is just is just the way to go for sure and it's yeah and playing the hand you've been dealt like you can't change those cards that have been handed to you like sometimes you've just got to deal with like what you've got and do the best that you can Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't know if you can relate to that (laughs) just keeping it simple yeah yeah definitely and i like i was reading about like stress the other day and the kind of and the on a what happens on a cellular level with stress and it was like a study of mothers who care for critically ill children and what had the most effect on a cellular level with them was not like how long they'd been caring for how old they were but how they perceived it and that they those who saw it as a challenge rather than experienced it as a threat like they were a lot healthier and able to like not have those like really terrible cellular changes more so than the ones that were just like this is the most stressful thing and so it's that's something that i'm trying to do is like i I will literally in my head be like this is a challenge not a threat like this isn't a threat you don't need to have this like stress response to this this is just a challenge let's get curious about it and see how we can what we can do with this and also kind of going back to the sort of body thing that what I one of my what I guess in hindsight is a coping mechanism is that like I got in the lockdown in the winter got super into exercise and that was kind of like a, a channel for me and then I was like right I'm gonna do this huge big 15 mountain challenge and that's what I'm going to focus all my energy on and then I had a period of being really ill like with kind of recurrent infections and then I injured my knee and I just got and I was like feeling really morose about it because it was like this is my the one thing that I had and now I can't do it but I was actually like no this my body was just like sit I was trying to tell you to stay still (laughs) sit down and deal with this stuff and so being able to sort of frame it like that made it easier of being like okay I have to surrender to like what's being told to me here yes yeah our body will tell us in a myriad of ways like the the you know the constant colds and sniffles the aches the pains they're all messages like trying to guide us at some point obviously that you know there are like long deeper like long-term conditions but some of that like peripheral like unwellness 
is actually probably our bodies just saying, hey, <laughs> stop, <laughs> yeah. just just slow down. <laughs> You'll run down, just sit still. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier, well, you make a couple of times about kind of like dropping into your body and like feeling it where you were feeling, like feeling it in your heart or feeling it wherever. And so I'm interested whether that's something that you've always done or that's a slightly more recent thing or how that kind of plays out in your life. It took, I guess I tapped into it a little bit just before I'd met Rob because I was turning 30. I was living in Shanghai in a long-term relationship, I should say marriage that wasn't working. And I knew in my gut that it wasn't and I had to make a change. And so I had started to get those visceral feelings and starting to have more of an awareness within my body. And I have to say, this coincided with me coming off the pill, which is probably a whole nother podcast. Oh my God, me too. This is probably a whole nother podcast, but I probably sleptwalked or sleepwalked, I can't turn a phrase. Um, (laughs) I was sleepwalking through my life up until that point. And it's like all of a sudden I could feel my cycle. I could feel my hormones. I understood the peaks and troughs within that cyclical 28 days of the good days, the bad days. And I was feeling all of a sudden and had deep feelings, whether they were like positive or negative. I was reacting to things rather than it being like a nah, just coasting along. So that all kind of coincided around turning 30. And so there was that that shift with go feeling feeling more but actually doing the deeper work and truly tapping into my wisdom was when everything happens with Rob so for those of you that aren't aware we were on Rob and I were living and working in Hong Kong and we went on holiday to Sydney and then on the second day of the holiday he woke up and was screaming in pain and then collapsed honestly it was I can even remember the time I I remember it start remembering it clearly around September because it was on the 27th of September and my whole body knew that instantly this was potentially a stroke and this was like catastrophic and I had to like work quickly and it's really that moment that's that I recognized that it's not just a cerebral reaction your body carries you through as well because I managed to stay calm I managed to deal with everything like phoning for the ambulance like I managed to clear his airways getting him into the right position essentially saving keeping him going until the paramedics arrived and it was only when we got out of that space and the paramedics have arrived that my whole body just started to, I just, my whole body just melted. And that's when I started to cry. But I recognized when sat in the waiting room trying to figure out what was going on, I was like, my body's, my body's getting me through here. This isn't just a, a thinking process. And I was finding it quite an overwhelming sensation of understanding that there was like a deeper wisdom that was getting me through that insane moment, adrenaline and but a knowing of what to do got me through. And it, that was a turning point for sure. And then that started a very, I don't even know how to say it, an ongoing practice, I guess. Because there are times where I've I've resisted those feelings. And over the last six months, I've really not really wanted to sit in with my body and process those feelings. And I've kind of tried to, um, I've not necessarily dropped in as deep as I could because I've found it all quite overwhelming. But I'm now that coming back around to it. So it's all slick, cyclical and it's not a given that this is just the way it is. It takes, it does take work. It does take daily practice to be able to 
drop down to listen and to stay in that space because sometimes it can feel a bit too much but yeah it, that's how it all started mm. and sometimes you don't want to know no. either or, you, or it's like you're like not today I don't want to feel this today <laughs> <laughs> I know what my body's gonna tell me and I don't want to hear it <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it knows it knows and it's there ready and waiting for you when you are ready mm. um, yeah it really and it really is like like a kind of faithful Labrador that's just sort of sitting there like as soon as you need me I'm here. I'm there. I can do and, it. <laughs> yeah, and there's no judgment. It's mm. it's just like, oh, here you are. Nice to see you again. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, how about for you? Because you said it was a similar shift. Yeah, I came off the pill at the end of 2019, like literally December 2019. And immediately afterwards, felt this kind of like powerfulness from the inside out just kind of like start to like a glowing light start to kind of radiate from my center and like up from my feet all the way out like it really felt like this kind of yeah like this light coming through and just like starting to experience the world and like I have also thought like because yeah you have the you experience the highs and you experience the lows and it did take me time to be like okay let's not make decisions on this week of the cycle because (laughs) that's not where we're making decisions for a good place but I do remember also being like so kind of like day one and day two I feel the most serene and grounded and at one with the world and like quite often I'm like I actually feel sorry for men that they don't have this connection to them like hormonal kind of really deep weeks and like it's really it's something that I really love to have is this kind of like ebb and flow existence through the world that just feels very connected to the world and kind of something that I've been thinking about a lot is just like how we are animals and it makes me feel very in my animal self which I really like it like just makes me feel like I keep saying makes me feel really in the world which maybe but we are we are nature yeah, yeah yeah humans are like sorry i'll come back to that you're in the flow (laughs) carry on no (laughs) but you know again might be another post-covid thing might be like a post-breakup thing of just like wanting to feel connected in all sorts of ways and so i think that was definitely a a coming off the pill thing for me that like i don't want to lose like i don't want to go back that I really love that existence with the highs and the lows and because of the highs and the lows and and meaning that, you know, there is time to be like, okay, we're not doing this kind of work this week, you know, because I hate everything. Um, (laughs) But um, yeah, so that kind of happens. And then I, and and actually with, with walking and hiking a lot, there's a lot of dropping, like I found that my head thinks I can't do things and then I drop in and my legs are like no we're good yes you can (laughs) we're actually not hurting and so like that's something that I experience a lot like when I'm out is just like going like scanning my body of just like where are we are we good and like feeling like really like in partnership with my body of like we could do this and we're on it and it's it does feel like yeah like like a relationship with with something 
that is me, but also like has things to tell me. Like I don't feel like I am in control of my body. Like it's something that answers to me. It's like we are a partnership that, and it has messages that I can't cerebrally fathom. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes, that is that is exactly that is exactly it. We are animals <laughs> because we are nature, and it's mm. taken me well, it's taken me a long time to come around to this thing. But I find it really alien when people and I had a conversation recently on with Rachel from the Liminality, who really champions this and is doing some really interesting work in the climate space. But we're both very fiercely in agreement that we are nature and that we are planet earth when people are talking about saving the planet it's not just saving some trees over there it's saving each other and (laughs) the space that's on our doorstep nature is right in front of us like and that also comes down to this bizarre disconnect and like i was talking about initially in the very long how are you question (laughs) forgive me for that um (laughs) it's all it's all part of this puzzle it's all intertwined it's there's no separation. Like we are, without sounding like Bono, we are one. Like <laughs> we are. You know, it's it's a truth that we we cannot deny. And it frustrates me when when there is that separation and people try to say, yeah, we are, we're going we're going out into nature or get out into nature. And it's mm. like, well, you are nature. Like the world around you is nature. Your garden is nature. You don't have to drive down to the National Trust to to be in nature. And then again, that's, that comes down to that connectedness and interconnectedness and understanding of ourselves and of others and awareness of, of, of who we are in this big, wonderful planet that we call Earth. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a much I, I, bigger thing. I think the thing that always... That- I remember when the clocks, oh no, when it started getting light and maybe when the clocks went forward, as they do in spring, but in spring. And I started seeing over and over and over again, people being like, oh, it's so nice that it gets, well now it's light in the evening. Oh, it's so nice it's getting lighter. And it's like, that's because you're an animal. It's not just like, oh, it's nice because, you know, I can do something that, like that is your animal body responding, getting ready for spring. Like, Like that's not, it's not some outside thing. You're like, oh, that's nice. It's like, no, that's coming from the inside because you're an animal. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And it brings us all back around to the knowing and the connection and the just being a human being. <laughs> <laughs> that we're just daily fighting and distracting ourselves away from that sensation. Mm. And that's not, I'm not ping- finger pointing at anybody because I'm very much part of that too. But it's just that it's something that really intrigues me. And very very much part of like the work that I'm 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 doing. Yeah, because there is this kind of like and, and we have said like some days I don't want to feel I, I don't want to know what my body's going to tell me and like there is this sense that it's too much and I think it can be very easy to get into like super polarized positions of like you know you have to be in the woods or in love with social media or you have to be in your body 100% of the time not listening to anything else but your body or like never listen to it and it's like just bringing those things closer together and because being a human and in our consciousness is like a lot <laughs> like although we are animals the other animals aren't really dealing with this <laughs> um and so it's kind of like what how we balance these all these different tools to just be able to exist peacefully um well that's my thing like i don't feel like 
it feels like a peaceful existence to be striving all the time to be like the best at being in my body or like the best at doing this or that it's just like how can it just feel grounded yeah I guess change well I guess what I could how I could rephrase it is that the change is is it's daily it's constant and it's it's becoming comfortable with that ebb and flow Mm -hmm. yeah i think that and that is it that we have this craving for certainty and we spend so much time and energy seeking certainty and it's the one thing that like change is the only thing that we can be certain of and there is this surrendering to it and it's it's kind of like like i've got a friend who's a, a fairly new mother and it's kind of like they get they get into it and then it changes and then they yeah. get into it and then it changes and and it's the same with work as well of kind of like oh yeah I'm in my groove oh now I've evolved kind of past that and now I want to do something completely different and it's I think yeah we just are craving this certainty when it's the only thing we can't have we can have it fleetingly we can have it for seasons but it's not like a forever and ever exactly and it, yeah it's and it's all cyclical and like as as we are talking we were talking about with nature like there's the seasons there's cyclic cycles there we have our as women and i'm sure men have some kind i for, forgive me of not knowing the the accuracy of it but i'm sure they have some kind of mm-hmm. um cycle of their own but we have the dominant like obvious one everything's cyclical everything's always shifting and then as you say like certain uncertainty is the only certain apart from death um it's the only given really isn't it mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that everything's always in flux and it's just understanding and and riding that. It's actually really interesting about men because they they cycle every twenty four hours hormonally, and so that's why our world is set up that like there's the an energized time that you do your work, and then you go home, and then there's the rest time, and like so our world is based on twenty four hour cycles because men are based on twenty four hour cycles, whereas actually obviously women are on twenty eight day cycles, and like just the working world or the way that we exist would be very different if like rather than it be a work day it was like a work cycle a work month yeah that would that would be a brilliant way to for the world to be run mm-hmm. <laughs> if we do day. say so ourselves <laughs> <laughs> not that i'm going to be doing that job i've got enough on my plate like, yeah. someone else can someone else can shape that one <laughs> but yes so there we go <laughs> there we are I feel like I could now go off on loads of other tangents but I feel yeah I know I feel like we could chat for quite a while any links that we mentioned will be on my website at simpleunseasoned.com forward slash podcast and you can come and find me and Sarita on Instagram as well. I'm at Simple and Season, and she is either at Moments of Sense and Style or at This Is Lemon. If you think you have a friend who would really enjoy this episode, please do send them the link. And if you're enjoying it, please do share it online too. And until next time, I hope you grow a soul.